you know, if your house isn't already decorated, you're not ready for Christmas, then I know you're going to go home today and you're going to do that. You're going to spend time decorating. You can't sing away in the manger on Sunday morning and, and not have Christmas decorations up. But like I said, I know it doesn't feel like Christmas outside, uh, but thanks be to God that we can celebrate His birth. No matter what the weather is, we're thankful that God sent His Son, Jesus. If you would, take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1 this morning as we continue in the series called The Gift of Christmas and look at the gift of grace and how God gives His grace to us. Well, if you think about the biggest surprise that you've ever had of your life, maybe it was a good surprise. Maybe you were just shocked at how awesome something was or how you know, amazing a certain gift was that you received, maybe even for Christmas. Or maybe it was not such a good surprise. Maybe it was in a doctor's office. Or it was at a test and looking at the grade on your report card. Or maybe it was a relationship that fell apart. It could be a surprise of amazing proportions, both good and bad. But just think about whatever the biggest surprise has been of your life. There was a lady who last Sunday in North Carolina, walked into a gas station to buy, of all things, a lottery ticket. Now, she wanted the Carolina Panthers scratch-off lottery ticket. And instead, the lady gave her a different one. Now, normally, apparently this is kind of a, a regular habit of this lady, getting the wrong one. Normally, she would have said something and gotten the right ticket, the one that she wanted. But this was the one of sevens, apparently. And I, I don't know about all of that but I know that she got it and she went to her car and thought well I'll just scratch the sucker anyway well she scratched and saw that she won seven dollars and then she kept scratching and before it was all over and done with she had won two hundred and seventy seven thousand seven hundred and seventy seven dollars all because the clerk gave her the wrong scratch-off ticket. Now, who knows? The one that she should have gotten, maybe it was a million-dollar scratch-off. But let's not, let's not rain on her parade. But the lady ended up, after taxes, making over or getting and winning over $200,000. Now, that would be an amazing, amazing surprise. That would be a, a great surprise. And again, when you think about what has surprised you, what is your reaction? Oh, wow, that's better than I expected. Or, oh, wow, it's worse than I expected. Those are not the kind of surprises we like to get. Everybody wants to win the lottery. Everybody wants to have good news. Everyone wants to make straight A's. Everybody wants to be successful in business. But what happens when that surprise is a, wow, what do we do then? The, perhaps the greatest surprise of all time is to know that at some moment in your life, perhaps you realized at a young age that apart from something that God could do for you, that if your life were to end like that, that you would be eternally separated from God in a place Called hell. That is not a good surprise. So what does God do? For those moments in our life where perhaps it's the biggest 
bad news that we could possibly think of, or even the greatest surprise we've ever had, ever of all time. He gives more grace. God's answer to every surprise, good or bad, is He gives us more grace. And so when the angel visited Mary and told this little virgin girl, this teenager who was engaged to Joseph, that she was going to have a child, and that Joseph would not be involved, and that God would overshadow her, and that she would give birth to the Savior of the universe. God poured out grace upon her, and her surprise changed to wonder and amazement. I don't know what kind of surprise you're dealing with today. I don't know if maybe you have a surprise coming up down the road, or maybe you're anticipating some kind of news somewhere. But even if everything in your life is clicking along the way that you hoped that it would, or if things just seem to be a little off track, God gives grace. And only by the grace of God can we make it through the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 this morning, beginning in verse 26 through verse 33, to find out exactly how God wraps up the gift of grace. If you're able to, would you join me in standing in honor of the reading of God's Word today? Beginning in verse 26, in Luke chapter 1, the Bible says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus." He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we know that in life's greatest surprises, in the times that we are least prepared, that You have already prepared a measure of grace for us that is sufficient for our time of need. 
And Father, thank you for the gift of your grace. And God, may you continue to pour out your grace upon us as we look at this passage of Scripture and find strong encouragement from one who received grace and was able to say yes and follow your plan as you call us uniquely as well. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This text of Scripture teaches us about God's gift of grace. And perhaps it's not a gift that you are familiar with, or maybe it's a gift that you've unwrapped many, many times in your life. But even as God gives us the gift of grace, and we begin to peel off the ribbon and the wrapping paper, and we open up this gift of His grace, it surprises us every single time. Because God's gift of grace contains certain elements that we desperately need. Now, I want you to see how we can discover God's grace today. First of all, we discover God's grace in the presence of God. Not the present that we unwrap, but the presence of God Himself being with us. That is the first way in which we discover the very grace of God. You see, Elizabeth had to hear from God as we look Last week in Luke chapter 1, she heard from God and was absolutely surprised that she was going to give birth to a son named John. She had been barren and she was advanced in years for you old people. That's a nice way of saying you're old. You're advanced in years. That means that you've lived long enough to see generations come and generations go. And what a blessing for Later in life for Elizabeth to be a part of seeing the next generation, even from her own womb, come. And now the angel visits Mary and tells her, who is on the other side of that generation, who is not very old, that she's going to give birth to a son. And the gift of God's grace is found in His presence. Notice when the angel visits her what he says to Mary. You notice that in verse 28, the angel Gabriel comes to her and says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now in the original language, the words greeting and favored were the exact same words. So they have, since they have the same root word, essentially what the angel is saying is, and it's the same word for grace, the angel is saying grace to you, O one who has been given much grace. Isn't that a wonderful greeting to someone who's about to have her whole world rocked by this angel? Everything is about to be turned upside down. But the first thing the angel says to her is not only does she have grace, but God is going to give her more grace. You see, when we begin to realize that there are things bigger than us that exist in the world. Whenever we start to think that there's going to come an announcement, there's going to come a request from God, there's going to come some visit, some surprise that we're not quite ready for, God always gives us grace before the surprise gets there. You see, that's how God operates. The gift of His grace doesn't come after the problem gets there. God makes sure that His grace is ahead of the problem. Some of you have experienced problems, surprises, issues in your life. 
And how has God prepared you for that? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you've given your life to Him and you've been born again and you have been eternally saved by the grace of God, then friend, I will tell you there is no problem that you'll ever face that you're not already prepared for. Because if God has already given you grace for the biggest problem that you have, any other problem is really in line with the grace that He's already poured out to you. But you see, not only did the angel say that she has grace, but he said to her, O highly favored one, which literally means, O one in whom God has poured out an extra measure of grace. Don't you need that? Don't you need to know that when you go through a valley of the shadow of death, that the Lord is with you? Don't you need to know that when you are about to unwrap the biggest surprise of your life, even if you feel that it will devastate you, that God has already been there? Notice what the angel says to her. Greetings, which means grace. O favored one who has received more grace, the Lord is with you. Friend, no matter what surprise is ahead, no matter what challenge may be in your future, no matter how much it may cost, whether it is time, whether it is your resources, or whether it is even your health, God is with you. We can face tomorrow because we know who holds tomorrow. We can walk through those valleys. We can look at our challenges. We can press forward knowing that God is already there. Who could Mary talk to? Who could she confide in? Who could Mary call up and say, hey, you've had this happen to you. I mean, she could call Elizabeth. But Elizabeth's conception was not supernatural. Mary's is a, a one-timer. She's the only one that has ever been through this. Have you ever felt that way before? Nobody knows how I feel. I'm the only one that this has ever happened to. There's nobody that I can call. There's nobody who will understand. There's nobody who will sympathize with me. What did Gabriel tell Mary, grace to you who has been given more grace, the Lord is with you. Friend, whatever that surprise is, great, small, good, bad, or indifferent, God is with you. One of my favorite songs is He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, He addeth His mercy. To multiplied trials, His multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power, no boundary known unto man. 
For out of His infinite riches in Jesus, He giveth and giveth and giveth again. You will never outlive the inexhaustible resources of the grace of Almighty God. You will never sin so much that God will turn His back on you. You will never run so far that God can't reach you. You'll never walk through a valley so dark that God can't light it up. You'll never have a time in the moment of your life that the presence of God will no longer be with you because God gives you grace no matter what you face and He is there. That's the wonder of Christmas. Is that God sent His one and only Son and through the presence and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you are born again, His Spirit comes to live within you and He never leaves you and He never forsakes you. That's the gift of the grace of God. You don't deserve it. You don't earn it. You can't pay God back for it. He just gives and gives and gives again. No matter how much you spend at Christmas. No matter how many smiles you put on people's faces. and No matter how big your smile is this Christmas morning. You'll never outgive God. The joy of the gift of His grace is from His presence. But second of all, I want you to see, not only do we discover grace by the presence of God, we discover grace in the plan of God. Notice what God's plan is for Mary. By the way, it may be slightly different than God's plan for you. But it's a unique call on her life. Praise the Lord, that's right. The Bible says in verse 29, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this was. Again, The greeting is the same word for grace. Why is this angel telling her that God is dispensing grace? Verse 30. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor. You have found grace with God. Friend, listen, before we even get to the plan, listen to how much grace God is pouring out on her to be with her and to comfort her and to support her and to love her and cherish her. That's what the grace of God does. He gives and pours it out to let us know that we are never alone in this journey. He says in verse 31, And behold, You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. This verse is the fulfillment of the book uh, in the verse Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, that says to us, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Mary is going to have the Messiah. She is going to give birth to heaven's king, who will become on earth our Savior. She is going to give birth to a son whose name means, Jesus' name means, the Lord saves. But friend, His name means so much more than that. When we say the name Jesus and we think of the Son of God, listen to all that Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says that Jesus is. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, 
mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Listen, Jesus' name is wonderful because that word means incomprehensible. It is impossible to put all of Jesus in one box and put one label on it. His name means so much more than that. He means, his name means counselor. Because when Jesus Christ died and was gloriously resurrected and ascended to heaven, just days later, He sent His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to come and embody every born-again child of God. He is our personal counselor. His name means mighty God. Everlasting Father. He is the strong presence of God in bodily form. Every ounce of what makes God who God is was poured into the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the scene of what before had been unseen. He is the Prince of Peace. Because when Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world, He brought peace from God to us. Friend, the plan of God is simple. Provide Jesus because the world needs Him. And Mary's part in that was fairly simple. Just simply give birth. But Mary had no comprehension of how this would functionally happen seeing that she was a virgin. But aside from that part of it, imagine being a teenager engaged to a man named Joseph and having God send a messenger to you and tell you that your entire life is going to be flipped upside down. Has that ever happened to you? Not the angel part. The life flipped upside down part. You know, thinking back on the biggest surprise of your life. Where were you when that happened? Do you remember? Do you remember what day it was and where you were sitting or standing or where you got up off of the floor after you realized what had happened? Do you remember if it was on the phone or in person? Do you remember if you were at home or in a doctor's office? Do you remember if you were in a car? Or in a hospital? When the greatest surprise of all time happens to you, God is still there. And it's still part of His plan. You say, well, Pastor, how can a hospital visit? Or how can a doctor visit? Or how can a bad grade? Or how can a, a bad ending relationship? How could all of that be part of God's plan? Friend, it is not that the plan of God spins in some sort of a cycle, all of the bad that you could possibly endure, that God just sits in heaven looking at you and laughing at you for all of the bad that happens. But the Bible tells us this, that everything, in everything, we can rejoice. Because when we go through trials of different kinds, it produces in us something that wasn't there before. And that God works all things for good for those who love Him. Mary's world turned upside down. Your world perhaps is turned upside down. And God's plan sometimes doesn't make sense to us logically. It certainly doesn't make sense looking forward. 
But thanks be to God, He sees yesterday, today, and forever, and God knows what He's doing. And when you say Jesus, you've said it all. You have wrapped up the plan of God with all of His grace in one name and one person. And so whatever your biggest surprise has been, whatever the biggest joy, whatever the biggest disappointment has been, just say the name Jesus and it all makes sense. Because when your life belongs to Him, and when your plans are wrapped up in the plans of Jesus Christ, friend, all of a sudden they are not today, tomorrow, or yesterday. They are eternal. And God holds you, not just for the moment, not just for the day. God holds you for all time. They don't always make sense. I'm sure there's going to be a long line in heaven of people wanting to ask Mary, did it all make sense? Did it all just come to you at one moment? Did it all just seem picture perfect? Or were you spinning around and was your head in a thousand different directions? It's like a little boy who made a, a little boat. And he brought that boat out to a lake and he put it in the lake and, and it was just going right along the shore and he was watching his little boat sail and all of a sudden the boat kind of slipped away out of his reach and got too far for him to reach with his own arm. And that boat just seemed to be going out into the middle of that lake and he was just depressed because he was about to lose his boat. And he called on a friend of his, a bigger boy came and saw that the boat was going out away from the shore, and so he reached down and got a big rock and threw the rock toward the boat. And the little boy's eyes got this big, and he started to scream, and then the big boy picked up another rock and threw it at the boat. And he kept throwing rocks. But he wasn't trying to hit the boat. He was trying to miss the boat and throw the rock just past the boat to make ripples in the waves and in the water so that the boat would begin to drift back to the, to the shore. Sometimes, life throws us a curveball. And it seems like it's drifting out of our control and God steps in and does something and it blows our mind, but in all the time it's bringing us closer to Him. In the darkest moment of your life is when God is most near. When things don't make sense to you or anybody else is when they make perfect sense to God. And it's in those moments that we don't need to feel as though we're drifting further and further from the plan of God, but that God is calling us to come closer and closer to Him. And maybe you're in that moment right now. Maybe you've been in that moment and you didn't handle it well. Maybe you're about to go through that moment and you need to remember this. But no matter where you are in life's biggest surprise, God's got you. There's grace in the presence of God. There's grace in the plan of God. And then thirdly and lastly, I want you to see there's grace in the power of God. What does God do once He brings us back to Himself? Notice what the Bible says in verse 32. It says, the angel says to Mary, He will be great, and He will be called the Son of the Most High. 
Oh, good. That answers all of my questions. Now, I'm not even going to be able to live up to the awesomeness of my own kid. Now, that's not in the Bible, by the way. That's just the Randy revised version of what might have been going through her head. Here is this child that she didn't ask for. This visit from God that she didn't require. She wasn't in the middle of prayer and God just sends His plan and rocks her world and changes it. No, He sends this messenger and the messenger starts telling her, this is what's going to happen. Mary could have said, thanks a lot. I didn't need this. I don't want this interruption in my life. I don't need God messing up my plans. Does that sound familiar to some? Sometimes we get a little irritated with God, don't we? That God knocks on our door, that God sends us a plan, that God has all of these things orchestrated, and it's just not the way that we thought things would go. But the angel said to Mary, this child that you're going to give birth to, he's great. He's beyond great. He's incomprehensible. He's going to have power that you can't even comprehend. He's going to be the Son of the Most High God. And Mary, I imagine in that moment, went from God, why did you pick on me, to God, how? And why me? Why not somebody better? Why not somebody deeper in their faith? Why not somebody more mature? God, really, can you trust me? I mean, believe me, I, I look at my life and I look at yours and sometimes I think, I wish God didn't trust me so much. I, I really, and I wish the same for you sometimes because I think, really? God gives us that? He must know that we can handle it. No. God knows that you can't. He knows that He can. And He says to Mary, this plan... It's not just going to interrupt your lifestyle, it's going to contain the awesome power and presence of God. And Mary flips from being, I can't believe you interrupted me, to God, I can't believe that I get to be part of your eternal plan. Friend, you may not think that you're anybody special to anyone special. You may not hold a public office. Your name may not be on a sign any place. There may be just a handful of people that know that you exist. But God has plans for you. And His plan contains His power. And I'm telling you, no matter how small or insignificant you feel, God wants to do mighty things through you. Your response is not, God, why are you picking on me? Your response is, God, thank you for calling me. Thank you for calling me to be obedient. Thank you, God, for trusting me with these steps of faith that I'm about to, thank, to take. God, thank you for putting me in the position with my friends and my family and my job and people around me and in the church that I'm a part of that, God, I can be a dispenser of your glory. I can pour out what you're putting in. 
God, thank you for choosing me. Have you thanked God yet for calling you to pour Him out and show other people that you can't, but that He can? Have you thanked God today for displaying the power and the awesome ability to save a wretch like you? Or do you walk around strutting and, and saying, yes, of course God chose me because I've got it all together. No, you don't. God chose you. God called you. God saved you because He has it all together. And He knows that you don't. That's the power of God. You can't. But He always can. He will be great. And He will be the Son of the Most High God. And on Him, God will give Him the throne of His father David, and He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of His kingdom there will be no end. God can rescue anyone. God can use any soul. God can change any life if you'll just give it over to Him. There's no telling how many crazy stories happen with police officers, with firemen, and other rescue personnel. And I don't know all of how they train firemen to go into a burning building and to rescue. I don't know all that goes into it, but there was a firefighter that went into a burning barn and a shed in New York. There in New York State, he rushed into this burning barn and all of his friends were on the way out and he was on the way in. And he was looking and he was listening and he was hearing and, and he was trying to pick up what was going on. And, 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 and as he ran in, he, he heard some noise and he reached down and it was a chicken. And he grabbed that chicken and it was the only thing alive in the barn, and he ran out of that burning barn with a chicken. And all of his friends made fun of him because he saved a chicken. Not a boy, not a girl, not an advanced in years person. He grabbed a chicken. His Training field officer said, Kid, you won't believe what goes on around here if I told you. The department called him a hero to chickens. And that is God. God is a hero to a bunch of chickens. You think you've got it together? You think you understand it all? You think you could get out of a burning building? You think you could make it into heaven on your own? You think that you can put all of the plans of your life together? You think you could just be it? You're nothing but a chicken. And God reaches down and He saves you. And no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what surprise may knock at your door tomorrow, God's already there. No matter what God may ask of you, His grace is sufficient to supply 
your every need. No matter how deep your sin is, the grace of God is deeper. No matter how far you run, God's reach is longer. And no matter how dark, today, tomorrow, or whenever might be, God's light is brighter. And what we are called to do is what Mary did. Just trust Him. Trust God more than anything else. And if you've never placed your faith and trust in God's one and only Son, and you have no confidence that if your life ended today, that you would step out of this life and into eternity and step into heaven, if you have no confidence that you have a personal relationship with God and that all of your sins have been forgiven, friend, today is the day to receive God's grace and to keep receiving and keep receiving. Today is the day to be born again. And If you have some issue as a child of God, if you've already made that decision to trust in Jesus and you've been born again, but there are challenges, there are roadblocks, there are speed bumps, there are all of these problems that are ahead and you may not even know what they all are. Trust God. Trust His grace. Trust His plan and His power. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, as we come to this moment of decision, this time, Lord, where we respond to You and to the call that You have given to each of us to be born again, to trust You. Lord, there are some in this room that may need to come to know Jesus, perhaps for the very first time. Lord, I pray that You would give them the boldness to make that decision today. To not let another day, another moment go by without giving their heart and their life to the Lord Jesus Christ who died to set them free. Lord, if there are born-again believers in this place that are struggling with surprises, whether good or bad, Father, may Your light invade that darkness. May Your grace be poured out to them in such a deep measure that the surprises are so insignificant next to the deep well of grace that You have poured out for them. Father, we thank You for all that You have done and for who You are. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.